1: Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Internal Medicine for Vet Techs podcast. Thank you so much for listening and making a commitment to learning. I hope everybody is doing well this week. We are your hosts. I am Jordan Porter, joined by the jet lag, Devon Brandenburg. <laughs> hey, girl. Hey. Hi.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm. I definitely sound it this morning too. I'm just like, Ugh. yeah. I don't think you sound it. Oh, really? I feel like I do. It's crazy. I'm so tired. I guess tired. maybe
1: you you seem like you have a little bit less energy, but. I, yeah, I'm so
0: tired. I'm just like, Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> I get that. I get that. Yeah. But how was ACVIM? Oh my God, I had so much fun. It felt it felt more normal this year. Like last year was still a little bit like, oh God, we can't spend as much time indoors. And this year, everybody was like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, just go. Um, And it was, it was so awesome seeing everybody. Like, I'm so jealous. I don't know. (laughs) I know everybody's like, where's Jordan? I'm like, she's not here. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. It was, it was really funny because like, there were some people that came up to me. um, And this is uh, Ryan. I'm sorry. I never saw you again. I was supposed to give you a button and pin. Hopefully you went by the tech lounge and got one, but he, um, he came up to me. He's like, I heard your, I heard your voice. And then I realized I knew who you were. And he was like, I listened to the podcast. So it was really cool. Um, I had a bunch of people say they listened to the podcast. So that was, that was super fun. Um, And I was like, yeah, okay.
1: Oh my gosh. And guys like, just wait, (laughs) like, I'm so excited for what we're going to do soon. Um, We
0: have so many like little things that are like, they're just percolating and doing their things. Like it was, it's, it's pretty fun actually. I know.
1: I can't wait till we can actually say like, guys, we did this. <laughs> like, here, <go. laughs>
0: yeah. Um, yeah. And one of the things, I mean, this, so definitely met people. I saw Tasha McNerney, which was super Tasha. fun. And it was really cute. Cause like I was walking, I was walking and I thought I heard her voice and I was like, what? And I was like, where is she? And then I, and I just saw her back and I was like, I'm pretty sure that's Tasha and I was talking to the person I was with and they're like they're like no 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 I think Tasha has short hair now and she's taller and I was like okay and so she just kept walking and then um I like I, like maybe 10 minutes later I saw her and, and like we both were like oh my gosh hi um and so I was like no it is her <laughs> She's a lot shorter in person than I, than I expected. I was, no, like, was going to
1: say, I was going to say, when you said, whoever said that she was taller, I was like, no, she's
0: not. I was like, she's like, she's a little petite thing. She's adorable in person. Um, know. but yeah, it was, it was fun talking to her and she was like, we definitely need to do another podcast episode all together again. And I was like, we will talk. Cause I don't know. Those were fun episodes for us. To they do. really
1: are. And I always learn so much when we have people on like Tasha and Liz oh, yeah. and them, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited because I'm, I'm working on planning out the rest of the year for the podcasts and stuff like that. So um, if you guys have suggestions or something that you really want to hear about, please let me know uh, because I am working on creating the rest of the, through the end of the year, hopefully. Um, yeah. So just send me an email. You can email us at Jordan at internal medicine for or
0: podcast
1: yeah. at internal medicine for vet
0: text.com
1: or <laughs> and contact. if for some reason that doesn't
0: work you can always do um jordan at internal medicine for pet mm-hmm. it's supposed to go to her email but for some reason every once in a while people say it doesn't which i was like i don't yeah i don't know why it looks like it's totally fine so um ah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah. So that was fun. Uh, it, I, I always love going to the exhibit hall because mm. I see everything and we had the tech lounge. Um, and so it was, it was fun just like, cause we supported the tech lounge last year mm-hmm. and, um, and I didn't know this, but apparently there was still a little bit of money left over from last year. So we supported it again this year when I was like, Oh, oh nice, cool. Yeah, so I was like, well, well good because I, I felt kind of bad because I stuff.
1: I know I, I felt <laughs> kind of bad though because I was like, oops, I feel like we dropped the ball. I'm like, sponsoring them. I know. <laughs> like...
0: I, I actually talked to them about it. I was like, please remind me. I was like, I meant to do something. And then by the time I remembered it, it was a little late. It's <laughs> so yeah. like, dang it. um But yeah, so that was cool. Um, I got to go to the party um that you went to last year. Yeah. I still have my tattoo. The Best Pet RX party, by the way, it was awesome. Jordan was not lying about the amazing party she went to. I got to go to it this year. Like it was so much fun. I know. Um they had a live band, um uh open bar that was free. Yes. I was like, "What?" Um, And it was, it was just so much fun. Like we had a blast. Um, The the band was really cool because like, dude, they did so many covers of things like, and his voice, like, yeah. Like, and his voice could like do like a huge range of styles, which was crazy. Like he did eighties music and then contemporary stuff and like funk. And like, it was just crazy. Like the range of stuff that he could do. Um, and so, and then he like invited some people on the stage to do like backup karaoke, which was hilarious. Um, and then it was, it was so much fun, but if you did not have your tattoo, you could not get in. I will say though,
1: if I had gone and like, I was a little tipsy, I a hundred percent would have done karaoke. (laughs) I I, I will say I didn't like I am sad that I didn't go but I had a lot of like texts reach out to me just like texting me to just be like we miss you and so like I felt the love I appreciate it um it is I love the vet tech community I have to say like the amount of like people who've reached out to me recently have it's just been amazing and it's like you know I'm like a little bit naive to the fact that I have like all these contacts or that like people Oh my god care seriously about
0: me. oh my god it's weird I know I and so forgetting. when people
1: yeah so when people reach out to me I'm like oh my god that was so sweet and they're like oh I just like I just I love that med just community and like just I just love it and I'm I'm so disappointed in myself that I didn't go to ACVIM um
0: I will but you weren't in a place where you could go this year so no. But totally next year, understand. hopefully I'll be able to go.
1: And um, I do plan on trying to get to VMX this year. Maybe you'll come. Uh-
0: <laughs> I'm working on it, girl. I'm working on it.
1: <laughs> so uh we'll see. Um, I, I'm I'm just excited. I think I think that I'm excited to see now that I feel like we're halfway through June, right? Like we've made it through yeah. half the year. And like it's been a whirlwind. The six months for you and I. Girl,
0: yes. <laughs> so I'm like,
1: so excited to just like hopefully settle, stay settled and just like really push like what we can do. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah. on that topic, though, um, we will be doing next month's CE, normal cat vomiting. There's no such thing. This is probably I mean, this is our most popular topic that we have. I-
0: Seriously, I have had so many requests to do this particular CE at conferences. Um, It is like, it is like our number one requested CE, which is crazy to me. Um, And I think part of it is, and I think it's because like, we, we soapbox on the subject, but it's, yeah, I think it's, it's one of those, it's one of those things where, there's not as much information out there about it. And I think, yeah, there's so much, so much misinformation about it that it's nice well, that to be is... able to talk about it and be like, oh yeah, that's right. There's this, there's this, and this, and there's this. Cause that whole, like, you know, a general practitioner, and I'm not saying all of them, but I've heard general, there's, there's some old, old, oh, a old percent. That... I've worked for them. Yeah. Yeah, That are like, oh yeah, cats just vomit. And I'm like, there's no such thing as a petroleum deficiency in the wild. It's just not a thing. So I think, I think too, like the newer grads and stuff like that, that like, yes, that is a conversation that's being had. So I think, I think it's good. I, I just, I don't know. I think that's why so many of them really respond to this one that that's not like a they're, that's yeah. not a thing
1: well i think it's i think it's overlooked because it seems like it should be so simple right but in real yeah. reality it's like there probably is something underlying going on but i mean yeah yeah
0: like we've
1: been forever is, told that like
0: which is hilarious yeah. because i've had technicians because i usually te- talk at the technician talks right I've had technicians come up to me after that lecture and be like, I talked to my doctor about the specific lecture and they don't believe you. And said that you're kind of basically full of crap and that cats definitely have just vomit sometimes. And I'm like, like, I'm like, I'm about to soapbox the pajamas out of your doctor, but it's hard because I'm not a doctor. So like you have that. Yeah. Like, okay. You know, you're, you're allowed to practice the way you want to practice. Like, I'm never going to be able to like trump that. Like that is not something that, that I can override, but at the same time, like, I think that's, well, was not dang it. I started soapboxing. I know. I'm like, Ow. we're trying
1: not to get into it here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, on, God, go I, totally, I totally went there. <laughs> Anyways, if you want to hear more of my soapbox, <laughs> come listen
1: to us on July 22nd, 2023 at 1130 AM Pacific standard time or 230 PM Eastern standard time um we do this on zoom but uh if you are in the membership it's free if you are not in the membership you can still join there is just a fee but if you want to get the invite join the newsletter at internalmedicineforvettex.com, and we'll get you the invite uh i'll also be working on posting our events page and stuff like that where you guys can keep track of this on linkedin and facebook and
0: things like that too Jordan's taking this project management class and she's just like, did you know this thing could do this thing? And I'm like, no. So she's actually- She's she's I'm becoming so the excited. IT person, which, ha, ha, ha. <laughs>
1: <laughs> This was your evil plan all along.
0: <laughs> it is my evil plan. I'm like, ha, ha you do it
1: now. <laughs> I know. You would be so proud, Yvonne. I've been looking into SEO courses
0: and stuff like that. And oh. like, yeah, I've been. You, I'm, you even know what that means now. I do. I'm, I'm impressed. I, oh.
1: I know. Um, you guys just wait. You guys just wait. I, I am so excited. Um, I've been a little terrified, but I'm I've now transitioned to excitement.
0: So I'm I'm super excited because we finally can. Well, convince might be a strong word. <laughs> we now yeah, I'll say it. We finally convinced Jordan to transition to full time for IMFET, which it's official, it guys. My, like, it makes my little like schoolgirl heart go squee
1: I know I'm like, I'm terrified and excited and, um, ambitious and overwhelmed all at the same time.
0: And And then I'm over here, like super jealous. I'm like, (laughs) I know that's okay. Jordan's gonna, Jordan's gonna forge the path for us. Yes. And, um, I, I, you know, honestly, like I kind of think about it and like, I don't know about you, but Every year in June, like my Facebook memories start exploding with all this ACVM stuff, right? Yeah. And it's like, it ranges from, oh my God, it's my first time being at an ACVM to, I'm studying for my boards to, holy crap, I made it, I'm getting pinned to, you know, like meeting Jordan for the first time for your. So it's like, I just look at those things. To and me, getting kind of, pinned
1: last year. I know,
0: <laughs> right? And like, And I realized, like, dude, we met for the first time four years ago in person. I know. And, like, we started the podcast almost four years ago, which... Yep. Holy crap, that's mind-blowing, considering everything that's happened in between. Um, And we've met some amazing people. Oh, and I got to meet some of our, like members at acbim oh, nice. which was super cool some of them sat this year which was so <gasps> yeah. awesome um and so like i met i met up with gemma which yay gemma it was great seeing her um i didn't get to see chelsea i was super bummed about not seeing chelsea like yeah. I don't, it was like it was like ships in the night i don't even know how this Kelsey, happened.
1: and see i ran into and chelsea she came like to a my million times well there's like, two there's two Chelseas. So we hung out with, with Chelsea last year, but then I hung out with a separate Chelsea. Okay. I don't and think then she's there. other Chelsea DM'd me asking me if I was going to ACBM. I saw that original Chelsea lectured. She did a text. She did. And I yeah. missed it
0: because I was on my way home and I was so sad. Like, I know. Yes, so I saw, she so did. congrats
1: Chelsea. And then other Chelsea, Chelsea number two, sat for her boards this year <laughs>
0: Oh, and, nice. Yes. And I think um, I saw Jessie somewhere. Um, So I saw her and then I met Kelsey again. So I don't, I don't know if you met with Kelsey last year. I don't think so, so last year she went to the um, VTS, like Q and a thing. Um, but she submitted for her first part this year. <gasps> yeah, um, yeah, I know. I was like super excited. So she submitted for that this year. So she's working on her case logs. So woohoo, Kelsey. But it's cute because I saw Kelsey in Tennessee when I was there for a conference. And then I saw her again this week. So that was really cool. Like she's, she's super cool. And I'm so excited for her to like do this because I think she'll be amazing I don't know. It's just like all these people. And I'm so sorry if I'm forgetting names because um, I'm really horrible with names. So the fact that I'm even remembering any of these names, I, and I didn't write them down. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be all right.
1: We're going to connect yeah. more with everybody. And um, Yvonne, Lord knows you go, go to
0: all the conferences all the time.
1: And yeah.
0: Yeah. If you need me for a conference or um, anything, please reach out to me because. I, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. <laughs> um, And I want to spread all the knowledge to everyone. And well, like, and I think it works out. I want to like, talk about it, It's great. Yeah.
1: It works out. I can, I can full-time I am FET and you can full-time lecture it and travel. and <laughs> <MD. laughs>
0: Yeah. Cause so. it's hard for you to travel. Cause you got the oh kids, God, and so you got all hard. the animals. Yeah. My, my husband was so funny. Hours. He was like, he's like, you know, if we get a bunch of animals, you're not going to be able to travel much. And I was like, whatever. I was like, you could take care of the animals too. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was pretty funny. And he was like, Oh, I guess. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. He just needs no, to stay. He needs to be a stay at home animal dad.
0: Yeah. I mean, he took care of the cats while I was gone. Um, and baby cat is no longer coughing. So that's exciting. Yay. Um, so we just have, um, next, next week we have our, I am console cause I'm paranoid and i just want to make sure it's not anything crazy it's I'm, I'm sure it's asthma it's just you
1: knowing too much <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah I mean the fact that he's better on steroids means it's probably asthma and yeah. not heart failure um so well, and the fact yeah. that he's like one like he's he's three is he really he's, yeah he's
1: has it been that long since I've been to your house
0: Yeah. Yes. Yes. It has. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I only had two cats at the time. (laughs) Jordan.
1: Yeah. Well, it's also been forever since you've been here. And I also only had like four dogs at the
0: time. (laughs) I know. Right. I know we got to figure out a time for me to go see you because normally I'd see you this week and it would hold me off for a little bit, but (laughs) that didn't happen. So I've got to, I've just got to figure out a way to come out there. That's that's basically what it means.
1: Anyway, guys, obviously um, we're
0: super pumped because of like conferences. And so sorry, you guys got all of this just like dumped on you.
1: I know. Sorry. I'm excited. I was excited to tell everybody that, uh, you know, expect more from us. (laughs) like please. (laughs) And, (laughs) um, reach out to me if you need anything, if you have any suggestions, otherwise we are starting our nutrition series. Oh,
0: Oh boy. Okay. We got this. I know. I just, I feel like I don't know enough. I mean, I do know a decent amount, but I, I feel like I'm not smart enough. This is my imposter syndrome flaring up right now. I'm like, oh God, oh geez. Don't we're mess very it good up. at research. We got this.
1: <laughs> this week though, it's one of my favorite episodes because you know how much I love the basic episodes. I really Ooh, love just like the beginning okay. <laughs> to like understand it. So we're going to be talking nutrition basics this week and basically what that involves obviously we're going to really discuss the breakdown of the nutrients that pets need to be happy and healthy right so nutrients what they are it's a chemical substance that we get from food and it's used to provide energy Uh, it helps to build structure within the bone and muscle and just within the body helps regulate growth maintenance and repair um nutrients are very much overlooked in a sense of like keeping homeostasis, you know? So it's one of those things that it does play a huge role and it it requires a wonderful balance because if there's too much nutrient uh, intake, then toxicity can occur. If there's too little, then we can, then an animal can become de- deficient. And so it really plays a significant role that I feel like easily gets overlooked. So my VT or my nutrition peeps, this one's for you
0: guys. <laughs> you know, they're going to be jealous that they're not on here with us, right? Hey
1: guys, uh, we have six episodes. Shoot me an email if you'd like to be on
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> Who do I know in nutrition specifically that I talked to this week? We Jordan, we may talk after this.
1: Yes, absolutely. I, need to... To some peeps. I know, right? So nutrition, like I said, plays A very big role in an animal's health right they need the right amount and the right proportions of nutrients so there's uh nutrients from six different groups that we really try to focus on when we're when we're thinking about nutrients for our pets so there's vitamins and minerals water is a big one that gets overlooked very easily yeah uh, protein fat and carbohydrates um so the point of nutrients though right is we want to provide adequate energy substrates. So like things like protein, fatty acids, micronutrients, we're going to talk about it all. It's going to be great. Um, <laughs> but the body needs these, right? The body needs these different types of nutrients so we can support things like wound healing, um, normal immune function. I know, I know when I have an immune flare, if I have a particularly crappy diet, cause I like to eat like a five-year-old most days, uh,
0: I tend to feel worse. Yeah. <laughs> That's so true. It's Mm -hmm. yeah, it's crazy.
1: It really is. And like I versus when I eat like kind of like whole natural foods. And so I I always recover so much quicker. Uh, And it's like, again, things like that just get overlooked. And so um, let's see, then we have, uh, I mean, the goal of nutritional support is we want to minimize any kind of metabolic issues or catabolism of the lean body tissue, right? And this is especially important when we have a hospitalized patient, right? We know that if we are not providing adequate nutrition, a pet's just not gonna heal very well and they're gonna continue to lose weight, right? And that's just, we're kind of counteracting the body's ability to repair itself when we don't. It's so crazy.
0: Cause nutrition. like when you're, when you're talking about this, because I've done our DKA lecture a couple of times. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's such an overlap with like the DKA, like what happens in the body, like with metabolic derangements and all that stuff Yeah, and like hepatic lipidosis and like refeeding syndrome, like that's all part of it. But if you think about it, I mean, it's funny because when you start thinking about it, it's all about tissues starving and not getting ad- adequate nutrition and how much not having adequate nutrition messes with your electrolytes and messes with so many things that it's like, yeah, you know, if a patient feels like crap and they're not eating, we're essentially putting them into those states. Yep. And making them worse with whatever comorbidity they're already like in the hospital for. So it's like, it's kind of crazy when you start going, this is why nutrition is huge. And this is why our nutrition BTSs are like every pet, every time. Yeah. Because it's true. Like, I mean. It really
1: is. Like nutrition is not just about. Yeah. (laughs) Nutrition is
0: not just about
1: maintaining body weight or even gaining body weight. Right. Like, especially in a hospitalized patient. Right. Right. Especially if a patient is losing weight. Right. We know that's not good. That's, that's not ideal, but we're not Mm -hmm. all like, we're also not really looking for them to gain weight while in the hospital. We are just looking for them to maintain, but also we're trying to just help their body heal and recover. That's it.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, um, So kind of when we break down the different nutrients we need, first, we're going to talk about water, right? Water is a huge thing. And I think we overlook that. I I know I very easily overlook water as a nutrient because (laughs) it's just like, it's separate from food and it's just like, it's just, you drink when you're thirsty and, (laughs) but water is actually it plays several roles right so it helps regulate body temperature uh it helps to lubricate body tissues as a fluid medium within the blood and within the lymphatic system um it keeps tissues moisturized so then that's how we get skin turgors, right like we know Mm -hmm. how we assess dehydration Uh, but, but water is really involved in almost every reaction within the body, within, right. It's called
0: hydrolysis. (laughs) (laughs) So any,
1: any kind of depletion of water from a patient can have significant adverse effects. Right. And, and pets bodies along with humans, but I don't talk about humans. (laughs) We are designed to maintain a constant balance of water, right? Like yeah. We okay. learned this in school that like what humans are made up of 70% water or something. Or just mm-hmm. the earth? I don't remember, but
0: <laughs> a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and pets, we know get most of their water from drinking it. Right. But we can also add water to a pet by fluid ingestion within the food or even within Just the body during metabolic processes that happen internally, right? Mm -hmm. So, and then we know how water is lost within the body, right? So water is primarily lost through urine uh respirations like panting and breathing and and then also feces as well, right? We know there's (laughs) moisture content to feces. And then we also know, too, when a pet is experiencing more significant symptoms or expressing more feces or expressing more urine, right? We then have a quicker depletion rate than what the normal pet would have. So Minimum water requirements for pets really depend on the amount of food that they each eat each day, right? Because it can vary if they're eating wet food or dry food, how much they're drinking. So, I mean, we, we've we all come across this, right? People get a new dog or a new cat, cats especially, cats mm-hmm. especially, yeah. where people call and they're like, my cat's not drinking that much. And we're like, it's okay. Like, it's fine, Right. Cause generally pets will drink when they're thirsty and when they need it. And on a normal day to day basis, we really shouldn't be needing to add in water, but in our hospitalized patients, we need to take that into consideration with their losses and
0: things like that. Wait, wait, wait. So, are you saying they don't need to add water because of their food?
1: No, I'm just saying that.
0: Like, you don't need to like force them to have, you don't water. need to
1: force them to have. Okay. Water. I was <laughs> like, wait,
0: what? No, that's true. And like, because you? I mean, as long those... as, as long as like the water's clean, yes. um, you know, fresh and like, they're not, they're not avoiding the water because of, I don't know, whatever reason, Rabies. because sometimes <laughs> no, <I'm just> kidding. <laughs> no, cause you know, like how, um, some animals, dogs, mostly cats, dogs are usually a little bit about it. Like they're kind of picky about their water like what bowl it's in, is it super clean? (laughs) Is it flowing? Is it not flowing? Um, like I know with cats, at least with my cats, they love the flowing water. Yeah. And if you think about it, like, cause I Googled this at some point in my history, I was like, why, why is this? And if you think about it in the wild, fresh flowing water, right. Is more safe. It's, it's considered safer because it's Usually, a stream or whatever, versus a pond is usually stagnant and who knows what's in there. So, which is
1: why cats will probably live well beyond dogs because dogs love stagnant <laughs> water.
0: <laughs> cats and cats love- are smarter.
1: Yep. <laughs> no shame so think- in admitting that, being the dog person
0: here. <laughs> I don't know. Some of my cats are not that smart. But, um, but I think you know, if, if you think about it in like a natural state, like it makes sense that flowing water. Cats like it. Dogs probably too, which is probably why they drink out of the toilet. Yeah. Because they're like flowing water. Yay. Because cats, dogs are gross, you know. whatever. I mean, um, I'll take it. Yeah. But you do need to make sure the water's not gross contaminated. Like outside, if you have water outside, making sure it's not hot. Um, like I know like the lickets, right? Just making sure mm-hmm. those aren't in the sun in the middle of summer.
1: Yeah, no, I mean like my <laughs> dogs stay outside during the day, right? And like I have a big tub of water for them and I change it every morning because as everybody knows, sitting dogs are gross, water
0: do well, whatever they want. Dogs are gross, mm-hmm. they
1: drool on it. I find spiders in it frequently. And <laughs> it grows algae because it gets hot outside. And so I have to like every day I clean out the big bucket and I dump it and I put fresh water in it. Um yeah. But for the most part, I don't have concerns about my dogs getting water. As long as I know that they have access to water, but my pet's, any pet's water intake, right, is going to be controlled by them internally. So it's going to be controlled by them getting thirsty, them getting hungry, uh, if they're working, if they have just delivered puppies and they're lactating, if they're growing, right? So all those variables are internal within the pet that tells them that they need to drink water, right? And typically, we, we as humans wouldn't need to intervene in pushing water on a pet right because they have Mm -hmm. those own internal markers that tell them that but when they're really sick and in the hospital although those internal markers are telling those pets like screaming that they need water right yeah sometimes they just don't have the ability to get it and so again that's where we keep up with it yeah exactly oh especially keep up with it but And we know too, wet food, uh, pets tend to drink less water when they're on wet food than they are, than they do when they're on dry food, just because wet food is typically contains about 70 to 75% water versus dry kibble usually contains anywhere between eight and 12% water. So it's a big difference, right? So obviously you'd probably see a a significant increase in drinking if you transition a pet from eating dry food only to wet food only. And so I think that's something too that needs to be communicated as well. But water plays a huge role in, like I said, even just things of like draining the lymphatic system and making sure that that's moving and flowing and and body regulations, especially body regulation. Again, keeping my dogs outside, I bring them in when it's really hot, but they know that when it's outside and hot on a summer day, they drink more water. And I know too, that usually I might have to go fill up their tub of water a second time during the day if they're still out.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: So it can vary, but- water is super important. And, and then there's protein. I think protein's the big one that a lot of people think about, right? We know that protein is needed in a body and it performs numerous functions throughout the body. Uh, typically it is involved in things like tissue repair because everything's involved in tissue repair, um, transporting oxygen in the blood protein is needed, uh, muscle Mm -hmm. growth and repair for sure. Muscle growth and immune functions, of course, right? All these roles, all these nutrients plays a very key role in just maintaining normal, normal body functions. And then the other
0: thing that I think people forget about with proteins is drug transport. Yes. Like if you have a patient that is hypoproteinemic because we're internal medicine, right? That's what we think of if you don't have enough protein in their system, drugs are going to react differently. Yeah, They may stay in circulating in the system longer because it's like, we don't have the proteins to get them where they need to. Um, So it's really important to kind of keep that in the back of your head is if proteins are extremely important, right? <laughs> like proteins also, you know, when you've got those, uh, like we know with a hypoproteinemic patient, it helps keep fluid in your blood vessels, right? So that, yeah. (laughs) So we're not like edematous and, you know, all that stuff. So yeah, proteins, proteins are good, (laughs) but but (laughs) proteins
1: can't work alone, right? There's more than 20 amino acids that are usually involved in the synthesizing of protein within the body. And then these 20 amino acids are usually broke, broken down into two basic kinds, essential and non-essential. When I tell you guys we are going back to basics, this is anatomy 101. Like I love it.
0: <laughs> I think that's why I like
1: these episodes so much. <laughs> it but, reminds
0: you of the stuff you learned when you were like in first or second term of tech school. You're like, oh, yeah. right. I remember like, this.
1: <laughs> like, I don't remember the details, but I remember talking about essential and non-essential amino acids. Right. <laughs> Couldn't tell you which ones are which, but... <laughs> But you can today. I can today. So um, a lot of times the body can't produce essential Im- amino acids. Well, not a lot of times, anytime. The body cannot produce essential amino acids on its own uh, within a sufficient amount of quantity t- for a pet to stay healthy and grow. So a lot of times we're going to need to supplement these essential amino acids within with a proper diet, right? So in... <laughs> So, but the body's also not able to store essential amino acids for a long period of time, right? So pets need to be maintained on a proper diet. It's not just a one-time thing. (laughs) So because these essential amino acids are being constantly metabolized, and so they need to be constantly replenished in the right proportions. So there are 10 essential amino acids for dogs specifically. Um, Cats are different taurine is an essential amino. acid. I was acid gonna say cats. taurine's <laughs> the big one I think of taurine. Yep, exactly and <laughs> I'm not gonna go into too much details about that honestly we could probably do a whole ep- a separate episode on just nutrients for cats
0: <laughs> seriously right
1: so trying to keep it basic here so the 10 essential amino acids for dogs are gonna be uh arginine am I saying that right
0: arginine arginine I don't know histidine Histi-
1: histidine uh isoleucine leucine lysine uh methionine
0: phenylalanine yep phenylalanine oh my god there's too many la's in there i know there's too many phenylalanine
1: phenylalanine tryptophan i got that one
0: i got that one Uh, (laughs) (laughs) then valley oh man It's all the Um, eans. (laughs) All the eans. Aren't you guys so happy that you're not saying all these names?
1: I I mean, you know, speech is hard for me. (laughs) Like
0: (laughs) like, some of these words are just difficult,
1: but so again, we get, um, uh, amino acids from protein, right? And we know that protein can come from both animal and plant sources, right? So most protein ingredients, though, don't typically contain all the essential amino acids in the proper proportions that are needed to supply a pet, right? So, therefore, a lot of foods contain multiple sources of protein, and this is in to ensure that, that they yeah. achieve the right balance of essential amino acids, right? So, again, mm-hmm. like people who cook for their pets, yes. The essential amino acids are probably going to be there, but it would be ideal to speak with a nutritionist about a balanced plan to make sure that we are getting the right proportions of those proteins to create the right proportions of our essential
0: amino acids. And it's nothing against people who want to
1: cook. It's just education that there are additional things that you might need to add.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, I always, always, always recommended a veterinary nutritionist to anyone who wants to cook at home. Or, you know, for their pets, just because you want to make sure that you're getting all the essential nutrients, um, the amino acids, the proteins, the, the carbs, and all that balanced. Because if you're gonna give them the same food all the time, which is typically what people do, right? You you get the one and they give it to them. The problem is, is if there is anything deficient in that diet, like now we're going to run into deficiencies long-term. So definitely recommend veterinary nutritionist. Or if you're work, if you're using a company that provides food, please, 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 please please make sure they have a veterinary nutritionist that is formulating things. Yeah. Because there's so many of those bag diets, right? Boutique, exotic, Brain free that they don't work with a veterinary nutritionist or a veterinary technician nutrition in nutrition right they don't work with them and that's where we run into problems and it's exactly
1: I mean I've seen like now Mm -hmm. mind you like we know how many people have seen someone just feeding their pet like chicken um, chicken only or like chicken and cheese, and I'm like, cheese isn't a quality source of protein, but <laughs> yeah. most protein sources, including meat. So chicken alone is generally not going to be sufficient enough to create those amino acids for a pet. So typically it's going to need to be con- combined with some other protein source. And that can, it generally is, it's, it's generally going to be like a, a meat protein source combined with a plant protein source in order to get all the, Proper tools that you need to make these essential amino acids sometimes it's meat and meat sometimes it's plant and plant but there's a variable that it's not always just one so
0: the other thing i like this one this is another one that's huge bioavailability yeah
1: yeah bioavailability is a Big thing. And so is digestibility, right? Like, Mm -hmm. if a protein is not digestible or doesn't have a good digestibility rate, then a pet's body isn't going to be able to break down those proteins enough to be able to use them for other functions or energy, even. So, high levels of protein don't always equal digestibility. But there are some dog foods that can have the same protein level listed on a package, but it can have varying degrees of digestibility. So, and, and this can vary like through like excessive heat processing or different cooking methods, improper cooking methods, improper storage, things like that can damage the protein. So making sure again, when we're discussing different diets and stuff like that, making sure that there is like quality control during manufacturing is a big deal. So again, (laughs) those home-cooked diets while people do mean well, right, and they intend well, and they are trying to provide for their pets, they just don't quite know all the nutrient needs that that pet needs in that moment. And so they might be depleting their pet without even knowing it. Mm -hmm. (sighs) So protein luckily is one of those, I like like talking about protein because (laughs) pets can typically metabolize excess protein and use it for energy. Um too much excess can lead to fat production i know this <laughs> personally <laughs> <laughs> what? but dogs who dogs and cats who don't get enough protein in their diets typically can develop a deficiency so Things that can, signs that we can see when we have a protein deficiency can include things like decreased appetite, poor growth, of course, right? Like, especially in puppies, we can see weight loss. We can see a a rough and dull hair coat or even hair loss. And then of course we know we can see immune dysfunction as well. And then if it's a breeding pet, we can definitely see a decrease in reproduction performance and lactation as well.
0: And I think people forget that it i mean it could just be just be a simple protein deficiency and this is like especially when we have like our ibd patients mm-hmm. or our gi lymphoma right like the guts aren't functioning appropriately so they may not be able to absorb the proteins and the nutrients that they need to um so that's another reason why we recommend like a highly digestible food for those mm-hmm. patients because the guts aren't functioning appropriately. So we need them to be able to absorb stuff. So,
1: yeah. And, and pets can even be subclinical if they're, if they have protein deficiency. So not to Mm. soapbox, I'm going to make this soapbox really, 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 really quick. Please ask what a pet is being fed in your history. (laughs) because It does make a difference because again, uh, pets who have like subclinical protein deficiencies right you're not going to see those signs of like dull hair coat or weight loss sometimes they can just appear healthy but those pets are actually more susceptible to infections and and other environmental stresses right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it really does make a difference but we really should be asking what a pet is feeding and i will say you can ask All day long what someone is feeding their pet and a lot of times people won't know and they'll just say dry kibble but if (laughs) you can figure out what the brand is that would be ideal just to ensure that pets are being fed a complete and balanced diet and realistically protein deficiency is pretty rare but it can happen for sure so it's something that we need to be on the lookout for Then we have our carbohydrates, right? So carbohydrates, uh, their main function is to provide energy. So we know things like rice is a nice carbohydrate. I personally love carb-filled dinners and they (laughs) don't seem to provide me energy like I want, but (laughs) they, carbohydrate sources include things like sugars, starches, insoluble fibers. Um, Simple sugars tend to be, Man. Easily absorbed. They're easily (laughs) absorbed because they are the smallest carbohydrate molecules. And so they're easily digested too. So versus complex carbohydrates, which our starches fall under, right? Those are going to be combinations of simple sugars, that form long chains and they require more digestion before they can actually be absorbed into the bloodstream. And then there's our yeah. insoluble uh, fibers like that are carbohydrates. And those are not digestible by pets,
0: man. This is bringing me back. Yeah. And I think <laughs> this is like, when we think about like it, cause again, we're mammals, right. Um, that's why they recommend the complex carbs because the simple ones, those get absorbed super quick high energy. And then they're out of your system versus the complex carbs, right? It's going to take a little bit of time. So it's like that slow release. Um, so you don't get those spikes in like glucose and, and stuff like that. So that's one of the reasons why you more of a consistent, we recommend them.
1: Yeah. And yeah. You, with complex carbs, you get more of a consistent energy level versus like with the sugars, right? Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. I was telling someone the story about how my husband, like I've never, I've never had the pleasure. This is going to sound really weird. (laughs) I've never had the pleasure of seeing anybody on like crack or cocaine or anything like that. But (laughs) I swear my husband, when he eats sugar, the amount of energy he gets, it's like he is on drugs. Like he is (laughs) so wound up that he is no longer allowed to eat a lot of sugar. This (laughs) came up one day because I made monkey bread. And like, if you know, monkey bread, it's like, um, just like a, bread with like cinnamon and sugar all over it and like butter lots of butter and so (laughs) it's just very it's just very sugary and one day I made it and he like couldn't stop it it was really good but like he couldn't stop eating it I swear he stayed up till like 3 a.m and like I couldn't get to sleep because he was just talk 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 talk
0: talk talk and like he was (laughs) wow he's all hyper he's like I'm hyped up on sugar yeah but then he crashed like oh yeah a hundred percent
1: yeah so anyway that was a fun story time, but <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> most of the carbohydrates that is manufactured in pet foods are going to be things like grains. So our wheat, our corn, and our rice is what we're going to typically see. And most of this digestion of these carbohydrates is going to occur in the small intestines. But these are then complex compounds are going to be broken down into glucose, which is a simple sugar, right? And glucose is the source that, of energy that is used by most cells in the body. So needless to say, Matt had a ton of glucose in his system that day. So, but most of that energy is used in the cells within the body, right? But we can have excess carbohydrate energy, which is great because this is then stored in the form of glycogen and that's stored within the liver and the muscles. And then, but the downside to that is it can be converted to fat and stored in adipose tissues too, right? So during periods of, Uh, like stress, exercise, or even fasting or anorexia, that glycogen is then broken down into glucose and delivered into the bloodstream. So that's where we don't typically see those low energy effects with anorexia right away, because Mm -hmm. the body is then taking from that stored energy, right? But after a couple days of anorexia, then we start seeing that decrease in energy, because they've used up that store. And then unfortunately, then we get into catabolism, right? And we don't want that, Mm -hmm. but it can then start happening. Um,
0: This is fatty liver, guys.
1: (laughs) So a lot of the digestible carbohydrates that we find in pet foods is going to be like a cereal or grain. So it's usually going to be things like uh, wheat, barley, rice, oats, corn. I don't know what that last one is.
0: Uh, <laughs> Sorg- sorghum I don't know what sorghum is dude it doesn't Got no legit. idea.
1: like but, right? the- <laughs> <laughs> but I'm assuming a nutritionist knows then there is like things like bran or hulls, like that come from grains or other vegetables and this is a source of like dietary fiber we know that fiber is needed right to bulk mm. up stools and stuff like that and to yeah. just aid in digestion. And so the fiber comes from things like wheat bran, beet pulp, uh, rice bran, just bran in general. Uh, right. <laughs> <like> any type <laughs> of bran. Um, and and so those can also help create that store of energy. But again, we just need to make sure that we don't cross that threshold of depleting that, or it's right. gaining excess and then gaining fat. But to the next topic fat is also important when we're talking nutrition for pets everybody seems scared of fat I think there was just a wild like human intervention with fats years ago that we're all finally starting to recognize think, that
0: yeah like, I think it's because things have so much fat in it that it was like yeah it's a lot of energy
1: it's a lot of energy that then also depletes but then it's stored and then people gain fat and stuff anyway mm-hmm. so Fat is more of a concentrated form of energy, right? So, (laughs) wow, we're going to lead right into hepatic lipidosis. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Nope. Fat contains usually about 2.25 times the amount of energy per gram of fat compared to carbohydrates and protein. So fat does provide a significant amount of energy for pets. Um, Mm. Most fat within diets is made up of triglycerides which is three fatty acid chains that are linked to a glycerol component. Um, Fatty acids can be classified by the length of their carbon chain. (laughs) Wow. I remember this in class.
0: Uh, Yeah, I know. I was like, oh boy. I remember being up on the board and I was like, oh no. (laughs) I know, I know.
1: Because then it talks about how there's presence or absence of double bonds and like the number of double bonds and the position of them along the chain. I'm not going to get into all those details. (laughs) But fat with no double bond at all is saturated fat, right? It's not bonded to anything. It's saturated. Whereas those containing fatty acids chains or with double bonds are unsaturated fat, right? They're not. They're not bound to anything.
0: Um, That's so crazy. To me, it seems like it should be the other way around. Yeah, I guess.
1: (laughs) But fat digestion is a lot more complex than that of like protein or carbs. So dogs and cats can actually be healthy and digest approximately 90 to 95% of their fat intake easily without issues. And that's normal. That is good. But, um, that is also a source of fatty acids and fatty acids are needed in a body to maintain proper balance. Right. So, uh, polyunsaturated essential fatty acids in particular are those fatty acids that are important for things like healthy skin and coat. Um, everything falls back to immune function,
0: right? We always <laughs> right. need a good immune function. Um, and there's so many other things that Like, I think of joints and stuff like that Mm -hmm. for your fatty acids. So, yeah. Yeah, it's... Which is why we use, like, um, fish oil, right? Yeah. Because that's that.
1: Yeah. And there's studies even showing that those fatty acids that are within fish oils are... I mean, we've talked about this a little bit on past episodes, but about how good it is for, like, liver function and stuff too, right? Like, Mm -hmm. so... Yeah. Those are... People see fat as like one of those scary things, but it does really play an intricate role in maintaining homeostasis within a
0: body. Well, and I think with any homeostasis, right? There's also homeostasis of what our pets eat as well as us, but we won't go there. Um, You want to make sure it's nice and balanced because anytime you get an excess of something, that's where we run into problems, including Mm -hmm. excess fat, right? That's when we get our little Ottoman dogs and you're like, oh yeah. Hmm, hmm. I can think of all those Beagles. All of them. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I think of that and the um the labs that you're just like, oh, okay. Zara, um, do you feel attacked? No, Zara's not an Ottoman. She's getting there. <laughs> she's Ottoman like. <laughs> yeah. Well, how old is she now? Five. <laughs>
1: And, like, you know, if you push hard enough, you can feel her ribs. But, like, Scott's also pretty push hard. Enough. <laughs> Don't listen. Don't listen, guys. <laughs> to be fair, Scott and Zara both counter surf. And yeah. Scott, in particular, really likes pizza.
0: So, <laughs>
1: pizza. Like, that is his oh favorite.
0: God. He will
1: find pizza no matter where we hide it in the kitchen.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. He is like
1: a Ninja Turtle and he is obsessed <laughs> it's like a ninja turtle yeah he loves it
0: oh god he's like, oh, so we frequently facts. like when we
1: order pizza like if we put it on the counter and all of us grab our slices and we go to the living room to eat we have to like wait and like put the box on top of the fridge before we can like leave the kitchen
0: oh my god that's so funny
1: yeah he loves pizza so he's a little he's a little chunk of monk he's got excess fat storage <laughs> anyway on to minerals. So minerals are simple molecules, right compared to all the other nutrients we've already talked about. Uh, usually if there are going to be issues nutritionally with minerals, uh it's going to just be usually an imbalance of the minerals and the bioavailability of the minerals in the in the pet's food. So again, typically this is going to be those situations where someone might be home cooking for the pet. My grandma did this no shame she just wasn't educated right like in why she needed to do a balanced diet versus just cooking and we all have those people who are like oh yeah i just feed my dog whatever i eat and it's like well like if you're feeding all the fruits and vegetables and stuff like that too then typically we should have a well balanced diet but not all the time like not that's not always happening people seem to be stuck on the people fact. don't eat balanced diets themselves so. it, that's part one and then part two <laughs> is people seem to think that dogs and cats in particular well dogs especially are carnivores right but we've bred them to be omnivores now like they are no longer just carnivorous animals they now have well they
0: never really were true 100 percent carnivores true Because they would eat the animal, but they would eat all of it, including the grains that were in the stomach and all that stuff. So I think people, they're like, oh, I feed them, like, uh, what they would eat in the wild. And I'm like, but you don't, because you don't give them all the organs. Yeah, because you're just getting processed food and processed meat
1: and stuff like that. And you're not getting all the other nutrients that come from that animal. Yeah. That's you could get me on a whole other soapbox since I've started my homesteading about how good it is to use everything, (laughs) but whatever.
0: (laughs) Well, and right. But, but if you think about it, I don't know about you, but my dog, she would, she was obsessed with fruits and vegetables. Yeah. Like she would go out in the yard and like pick stuff off the trees and like eat it out of the veggie garden. So it's like, oh yeah. My dog's like the dogs, the big dogs, the
1: puppies that are no longer puppies anymore. They love bananas like oh yeah
0: bananas are the jam
1: well and like we feed them the eggs and stuff (laughs) like that too and so like we give them eggs from our chickens but we don't just give them the eggs we give them the shells too right so then there's our calcium source and things like that so it's like they don't yeah pets don't You know what? I'm just not, I'm just going to stop that (laughs) soapbox right now. (laughs) Let's just keep talking about minerals. (laughs) (laughs) So minerals do perform several functions throughout the body and minerals Mm -hmm. are essential for things like bone and cartilage formation, right? Maintaining fluid balances, normal muscle and nerve function, Enzymatic reactions, transportation of oxygen within the blood, and even production of hormones. Minerals play a huge role. So although minerals can function separately from other minerals within a pet's body, pets aren't going to be adequately nourished without providing all the minerals in their proper proportions, just like how we talked about essential amino acids. So supplementing one mineral to an otherwise like unbalanced or even balanced diet can create some other imbalances and possibly disrupt an animal's nutrition. And that's just wild because like we get those clients who call, right. And they're like, what multivitamin can I start my dog on? And I'm like, well, if your dog's eating a properly balanced diet from a reputable manufacturer, then we shouldn't need a multivitamin but if we're feeding things like a home cooked diet where we might not be getting all those minerals that we would get right because we're not eating all of the animal or we're not getting fruits and veggies and we're just really getting protein and carbs then we might need to look into something else so there's going to be macro microminer- minerals and micro minerals macro minerals are what they sound like right they're they're needed in a larger quantity in the diet and they're found in larger quantities within the body than micro minerals so these, macrominerals, these are the big
0: ones that we think of, like, yes. these are the, these are, these are the these ones are that them. we can
1: see on blood work <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> when there's an imbalance. So we're going to see things under our macro minerals, like calcium, phosphorus, chloride, sodium, potassium, and magnesium. So I kind of talked about calcium, the like, biggies. right. I give my, huh? As like the biggies. Yeah. So I give my dog's chicken eggs but that's not a good source of calcium but the shells are so they get the shells as well and my dogs are just they like it and less waste for me but yeah (laughs) (laughs) versus our micro minerals are going to be those things that we can't easily see or easily replace either and but they're needed in much smaller quantities right we know things like iron is needed for transporting oxygen within the blood or helping to form blood. Zinc, copper, magnesium, selenium, and iodine are all very important micro minerals that the body needs to function but in less quantity than our macro minerals. Then we all get into the vitamins, vitamins. <laughs> um, vitamins they're great because they require the smallest amount <laughs> to provide balance. So vitamins are either going to be fat soluble or water soluble vitamins. And our fat soluble vitamins are those vitamins that, um, fat helps break down. So things like, or store vitamin A, vitamin D, vitamin E and vitamin K versus our water soluble vitamins. I always think of our water soluble vitamins as those vitamins that you cannot overdo. So these are going to be those B vitamins and our, our vitamin C. And this is because it's water soluble. It's just urinated right out if there's too much (laughs) versus our fat soluble vitamins are, can cause toxicity if overdone. So vitamins work with other vitamins as well as other nutrients, just to help support the body. And it is critical to their nutrition though. So Adding supplements to a diet, though, that is already balanced as we were just kind of talking about adding that multivitamin into an already balanced diet, you could cause imbalances of those fat soluble vitamins too, because there might be too much. That's the unfortunate part with supplements is there's not all, not all companies are
0: as well-regulated-
1: Yeah, there's not clear guidelines as to how much of that vitamin might be in that product, right? Because there's no need to document that. So we really do need to be cautious when suggesting things like vitamins, even as simple as it sounds, it can cause issues and imbalance and vitamin toxicity can even cause death. So definitely make sure that A, we're asking about what diet a pet is on and if they're on any supplements, vitamins or anything like that we'll kind of talk about it so the way we're going to go through these episodes is basically based on nutrition for each system that we're going to talk about. So when we talk about treatment, we'll go into a little bit more detail about what we need to do to treat those nutritional issues or that disease with a nutrition diet. So but to to stick with the basics here, whenever possible, the enteral root of providing nutrition should really be like the first line of defense. We want to Mm -hmm. try to make sure that we get food into a patient as naturally as possible. This includes if we can get them to eat with their mouth and chew up their food and swallow (laughs) it, (laughs) that That is ideal because even that mechanism of chewing the food and creating saliva and swallowing it plays a role in the breakdown and how it absorbs the nutrients from, those, from that diet. So it is very important that if, if at all possible, if we can get a pet to eat, chew, and swallow a diet, that is ideal. But sometimes enteral feedings are not always tolerated. Sometimes a pet is vomiting. Sometimes we need to bypass the mouth and the esophagus and just go straight to the stomach but it's still considered an enteral feeding mechanism and it's still yeah. going to be better than parental feeding. So because- Do you also
0: have notes about, I mean, I think we talked about it in our GI series, right? Like you also want to make sure the cells in your guts are not starving. Exactly. I don't like, talk that's... about that. But I think we talked about it in our GI episode. We like, have talked about it, and so we talked definitely about it. Look at that,
1: yeah. In the refeeding syndrome episode too.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So the that is important, and and so we again kind of referring back to that um, <laughs> refeeding syndrome episode. Food should be introduced gradually over forty-eight to seventy-two hours, and not rapidly. But please go listen to the refeeding syndrome episode to learn more about why I'm telling you to not just
0: who's <laughs> been sorry about homeostasis guys. <laughs> exactly.
1: And then just kind of trying to throw it in there to the basics. We as medical professionals can calculate what a pet needs for nutrition, right? So we typically do this by calculating their resting energy requirement or their RER. And that is the number of calories required for maintaining homeostasis while an animal is resting not active resting energy requirements so RER is typically calculated by using the formula 70 times the body weight in KIGS to the point to the 0.75 power power that's worded weird I don't the a more simple way to calculate RER (laughs) but it's (laughs) It gives more of an approximation versus like a clear set number. And this mathematic equation is best for pets who are ranging between 2 and 30 gigs, which is a wide range, but still. Uh, so we can do the simplified calculation by doing 30 times the body weight in kig plus 70. And that'll give you an approximation of the RER. It is pretty close and we can generally get away with Feeding a dog adequately with that calculation,
0: right? And I don't do. Have we talked about like RER versus like when we increase RERs and stuff like that? I don't think we have, right?
1: We touched on RER and calculating and starting on the with nutrition
0: like 50% or nursing percent. basics.
1: In the nursing basics and in the refeeding syndrome episode, okay. but we don't really go into detail past RER. We haven't gone into like, well, what if you have a really active dog,
0: right? Like how, <laughs> how are we calculating that? Yeah. Um, well, and I think that's really important when we're talking to clients too. Like if you, and this is why like on the label, right. When we're talking about like pet food labels, most of it's based on RER yes. and that can, that number can be different for different animals. So like what they're talking about is like a basic, you know, this is our basic formula. This is approximately what your pet should get. But if your pet's lazy, you're probably going to be a little bit under that. Or if they're like a working dog and they are sledding, right? That's going to be more than resting energy requirement. So like it's a baseline and then we have to adjust. And this is why, um, everyone can do nutrition in every single practice you can become, what is it? Uh, uh, pet nutrition coach or something like yeah. that. I know a couple of the different, oh, I
1: actually have that certification.
0: <laughs> do you? Nice. Yeah, I, do. I, think, I think I looked at it. I'm not sure if I ever completed it, but, but those are all things that, that we could do and have those conversations with clients, um, and be invaluable in our clinic because, most doctors don't want to talk about this stuff <laughs> well because it's not a, it's also
1: not a simple conversation it's not as simple no. as being like oh you feed hill science diet advanced healthy weight whatever uh yeah. but it's more complicated than that right like given your example yeah. of like how an active dog Finn and Zara. finn's 50 pounds Zara's 60 pounds Zara's a little chunky and finn's a little too lean for my liking but he's very active um yeah, I was going to say, he's
0: crazy active comparatively.
1: super active compared to Zara. So Finn gets two cups of food per day versus, uh, Finn gets actually probably closer to three cups of food because I'm trying to currently put weight on him and he's always been one that I've had a difficult time trying to get where I yeah. couldn't see his hip bones. Like, he's just always right. been so Finn mean. Yeah. Like, versus Zara, she's lucky if she gets even a whole cup of food because it's <laughs> like
0: <so> chunky. <laughs> And she she'll get one egg. celery
1: and stuff yeah. added in. <laughs> yeah. She'll get one egg compared to Finn. will get like two or three just to try to help him gain weight. And it's just yeah. because he is so active and Zara is my, like, I'm just going to slowly, casually walk across my front yard versus Finn's like,
0: I swear anytime
1: I see movement, I need to go chase it.
0: Even if. it's, it's <laughs> to it. Right. So, <laughs> well, and I think in, in kind of along those lines too, right. Is in the hospital. Mm -hmm. Right. We, we've talked, I think we talked about it in the nursing basic basics episode where, um, you know, their, their nutritional needs are going to change depending on, did they have major surgery and they need Mm -hmm. to recover from that? Or are they just laying in their cage, not doing anything, you know, and it's, it's up to us to kind of keep an eye out for, you know, do we need to adjust how much they're getting fed? Can we, can we increase nutritional intake during those times they really need to? Um, you know, do we do a like more concentrated food? Like I think of um, what is it, Hills AD, and then like Royal the Canin criti- Recovery, or the yeah, critical and, like, the ones, critical like Care
1: or something like that. Yeah, because like,
0: those are more concentrated, but th- so they don't have to eat as much, but it helps meet those requirements easier. Yeah, versus you know, something like Zara, who's a couch potato, maybe we get her something that has more fiber in it. So she she feels feels fuller, but she's not getting all the couch. So, and that's all stuff that talking to clients, I mean, it's huge. That's a huge part of those conversations. It
1: really is. And, And that is something that like veterinary technicians can do they, you know, 100%. you can, you can very much schedule nutrition consults in your hospital. Right. I was to say
0: that is like something that if you are super into nutrition and I know people that, that love it, yeah. like you can have your own schedule of just nutrition, like appointments where and, you're working really closely with those patients that need to lose weight or you're working really closely to those that need to gain weight, you know, and well, and that's an asset that, to
1: clinics too, because that's, yeah. that is bringing in an income and showing value of your veterinary technicians without yes. taking the time of the veterinarian, right? Like, because you are bringing to in
0: a revenue. Exactly. <laughs>
1: So there is a big need for that. There is a big market yes. for that. Again, it's simple calculation, but it's a discussion. want that
0: stuff. They want it, you know, and because they want to do what's best for their pet. That's, that's, food is like, food is their jam, right? Like that is how most clients show the love of their pet is through food. And so having those, those, those relationships with clients to do it is huge. And so like using, use your resources, guys, like this one, you know, food, right? When we think of food, think of, um, I love Tufts, the pet foodology. Yeah, I use Tufts
1: for... Right?
0: This. Huge, because they have veterinary nutritionists on that, that that talk about things. VIN is a great resource. VSPN is a great resource for technicians. Um, obviously, the Nutrition Academy, mm-hmm. <laughs> they have a ton of resources. Purina, Hills, Royal Canin. Um, I think there's just a lot of really good resources for technicians that this is one area. The that really technicians can take over and run yeah and absolutely have minimal input from the doctor exactly. Right?
1: exactly yes if
0: there's prescription diets or something that's specific that's yeah. one thing but most patients aren't going to need that no most patients is just a good need diet basic for them education
1: on how to feed their pets like that's yeah it. yeah <laughs> and that that is something that we can because like I said my grandma like just was like, yeah, I just feed my dog whatever I eat. And I'm like, stop doing that. And <laughs> like, or if you're going to do it, do it with some of these supplements, like reach out to this nutrition and find out nutritionist, and find out what other supplements yeah. and minerals and vitamins and stuff you need to add to this diet to make sure that we do live a long healthy life. So yeah. that is definitely tech utilization there. Uh, I'm excited for this series because I will admit that I've definitely overlooked nutrition several times in my career and
0: <laughs> right. I
1: am thrilled to like actually discuss it so
0: <laughs> well I think it's something that is easy to forget we're just like I ah, just feed them something whatever they want to eat but yeah it's really easy to overlook the importance of it and and this is why like the VTSs and nutrition get all like super excited and nerdy about it because it it does affect the entire patient. Like. Everything infects yeah. everything. Without nutrition, patients would die.
1: A thousand percent. A thousand percent. <laughs> so, again, any nutrition peeps who want to join us on this <laughs> series, please email me at jordan at internalmedicineforpetparents for petparents.com. and I am happy to discuss. Because while I do like nutrition, I am not an expert in it. I just
0: legit I like to you. research. So <laughs> right. That
1: being said, that is the end of this basics episode. We will be discussing kind of more in-depth nutrition per like ailment
0: coming up. Um, and then yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. I I think I'm like you. I like the basic episodes because it kind of it reminds you of the things that are important and you're like oh yeah it reminds you to stop <laughs> at some point. <laughs> yeah
1: it reminds you to stop overlooking the simplicity of things like it's like yes. again just like water and it's like well we all know water is important but like why is it important and so it's just like, the other just thing nice.
0: that's really cool and I know and I know you do the same thing as me is like when you know about these big things right and then you go to the basics you start like connecting things together yes. and you're like oh that makes sense with this and this and this so that part is kind of fun when that happens i love yeah. that I'm like, i do oh. love that it <laughs> does make
1: things make more sense it was like when i learned about yeah. um how like you need magnesium in order to hold on to potassium <laughs> and i was like this is amazing <laughs> you're like, like wait like, what <laughs> yeah yeah i was like the moment i learned that i was like this makes so much sense like i don't understand why like
0: Ugh. You know, it's, it, this is a, a throwback to ACVIM for a second. Um, we were at our VTS dinner. So it was like the, all the Academy members. In, and in, yep. I know. Sorry, <laughs> there. But one thing we did talk about that was, that was funny is we were talking about reviewing the questions for the exam and how all of us were like, just take our VTSs away. Like I would never pass the exam. Yeah. And and, <laughs> and I think it's because we're not so like intensely studying those yeah. those things. Um. And so it is good to remember, you're not going to remember everything unless you have a photographic memory, which yeah. I'm not blessed with at all. That'd be amazing. Um. Yeah. Right. Um. But it's 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 good to remember no matter where you are in your career, you really should be continually learning and mm-hmm. relearning stuff because it, it, if you stop learning, like that's, that is scary because mm-hmm. that means you're probably going to mess things up because you think, you know, everything. Yeah. None of us know everything. Yeah, <laughs> like Exactly. <laughs> Doesn't matter how long we've been VTS, we still do not know everything. No, I will say, all. like, when I studied
1: <laughs> for my VTS, I walked out of that test feeling confident I passed. Feeling confident. But yes, when I review those questions now, I'm like, dude, no way. Like I, I, know.
0: <laughs> I know, right? You're like, ooh, just take it back. Just take it yeah. back. <laughs> yeah, I felt the same way. I felt much better when I took the exam, obviously. And I did pass, right? But Clearly. yeah. <laughs> I mean. And I haven't been super focused on all the book stuff since then. Like, you know, yeah. and I know and how to Just a reminder,
1: everybody, give yourself some grace. Like you will not remember all this stuff forever. Heck
0: yeah. Heck but
1: yeah. luckily for internal medicine for Vet Tech's podcast, it's recorded and you can always refresh your memory whenever you want.
0: <laughs> right. And we got notes. So uh, we we're do. not that smart.
1: <laughs> no, I just enjoy researching, but... exactly. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for making a commitment to learning. I also want to say, I just appreciate everybody hanging out with us. And I am yeah very excited to see what else we can create in this future.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I yes. It's like a little bit of a refresh. That is one thing about conferences and like Changes like I think it's just fun to feel more invigorated again and you yeah. get that boost that you need. And you're just, yes, do all the things. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: all right, guys. Well, that was <laughs> it for this week, and we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. 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 <laughs>